Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. A wonderful evening to everyone, and um, thank God that you tuned in to today's Bible study. I'm excited that you tuned in, and we are looking at how to maintain a consistent and disciplined word life. Um, one of the things that we are examining this period is how to develop consistency in the basics of our Christian faith. Praise God. So uh, it's important that you follow up the series all through the midweek. We're looking at how to, we've done how to maintain a consistent and disciplined prayer life. We are looking at how to maintain a consistent and disciplined word life today. We're going to look at fasting, giving, and um, soul winning all through this series. I call it the how-to series, the basics how-to series. It's something you need to listen to over and over again. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's pray and let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. I thank you, Father God, because the Holy Ghost lives big on the inside of me and gives me utterance in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. So we're looking at how to maintain a consistent and disciplined word life. Now, I want to observe something, right? I've, I've chosen two words which are very important. I've chosen two words which are very important. And you, I want you to write these words down. Number one is consistent and disciplined. Consistent and disciplined. Now, this is what I want you to observe. If you are not disciplined, you will not be able to develop the consistency for the things we're teaching. And that's very important. You know, uh, the, the, the Christian race is not a magic... Uh, it's not like, you know... You just go for one meeting and then everything is all right. No. Without discipline, you cannot attain to spiritual growth. And I, I need you to write that down. Write, write that word down. Without discipline, there can be no spiritual growth. Or we can put it this way. Without discipline and consistency, there cannot be spiritual growth. Again, I repeat that. Without discipline and consistency, there cannot be proper spiritual growth. Growth, And so if you really want to grow, you have to understand that there have to be the discipline and the consistency of these practices and the things we're teaching. So we've looked at prayer, and I hope and I believe that you've listened to that message again and again, and you have a consistency to your prayer life, because it's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. I need to pay attention to that, right? It's not the hearers of the word that are blessed. It's the doers of the word. In fact... The hearers of the word, if you hear the word and you do not do the word, the scripture says you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. And that's what happens sometimes when, you know, people come in and they say, well, but I've been a Christian for years. I don't know why this is happening to me. I've been a believer. I've been in the church for 10 years. I don't know why this is happening to me. The question is, have you been a doer of the word for 10 years or you've just been a hearer of the word? Now, if you've been a doer of the word, the word will always produce results. The word of God has been tried 
and it will always do what? Produce results. And let me tell you this. It doesn't matter how much of a faith giant you are. It doesn't matter how much of a big man of God you are. If you do not have a consistency to your prayer and to your word life, you would slide. It's, 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 more, it's more like what we talked about Elijah, right? Scripture says that he was a man subject to like passions like ours. Some translations use the word, he was a man with a human nature like ours. Every faith giant you see, every man of God that inspires you, have a disciplined and a consistent uh, lifestyle concerning whatever, either prayer, either word, either fasting or giving or something like that. So, and I want to really go basic in this teaching. I'm not trying to make it hard or difficult. I just want to give you basics and I, and I want you to listen to these messages again. Like, take a hold of them and listen to them again. Praise God. Now, uh, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, let's have a, an overview of the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, chapter 3 and verse 16 to 17. Paul says, All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So when he talks about the man of God here, is not just talking about a minister of the gospel. Praise God. But you find out that first of all that all scripture is inspired by God. So the Bible is the inspired word of God. I'll repeat that again. The Bible, it's the inspired word of God. E.W. Kenyon, uh, an elderly minister, said this. He said, many treat the word of God as if it's a common book. Many treat the word of God as if it's a common book. Charles Spurgeon said, he said, a, a, a good Christian should visit many books but live in the Bible. I'll repeat that again. He said, a good Christian should visit many books but live in the Bible. Because I've seen where believers replace the study of the word with reading Christian literature. There is a place for reading Christian literature. There's a, a place for reading anointed books. There's a place for listening to anointed messages. But it does not take the place of, uh, of the word of God. Uh, are you following this now? It does not take the place of the word of God. In fact, sometimes you discover that the older you become a Christian, if you're not disciplined, I repeat those words again, there'll be a lot of repetition, okay? If you're not disciplined and consistent, your study life would slide. And how easy it is to go one week without studying the Word of God? How easy is it to go four days without studying the Word of God? Praise God. And you must never be comfortable with that. In the early days when we gave our life to Christ, um, we accepted what Jesus did for us on the cross. There's something we used to say, no Bible, no breakfast. We say NBNB. You know, no Bible, no breakfast. And what that simply meant was that until we studied the Word of God, we would not have natural food. It was just a slogan, but it kept us. You know, we had the NBNB slogan, no Bible, no breakfast. And whilst we're dealing with people, we have the WWJD slogan. And that was, what will Jesus do? What will Jesus do? 
And so every situation we find ourselves, we just ask ourselves, WWJD, what will Jesus do in this situation? And that helps us quite a lot. So, you know, these basics of the Christian faith, we cannot outgrow them. Because it's easy for you to spend a lot of time without studying the Word of God, without finding yourself studying God's Word. Praise God. Go to First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It's so, it's, so, uh, it's so funny right now because, you know, because of even technology, if you give some people the hard Bible, the, the, the kind I have here, well, this is big. It's big because it's two translations. It's got the New King James Version and the Amplified Bible in it. But if you give some believers this Bible right now and you tell them to turn to the book of Makkah or Nahum or Obadiah, or Philemon, they're going to have to go to the book of contents first because they haven't spent time, you know, reading the word, you know. So you, you, you have to, you have to discipline yourself, praise God. You have to discipline yourself. Now, I want you to go to First um, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, which you have heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but for what it really is, the word of God, observe this next verse, which also performs its work in you who believe. So, God's word performs in its work in those who believe. But how can you believe except you hear Praise God. How can you believe except you hear? So, um, your belief will come from your hearing of the word. Praise God. And how can you hear the word in your inner man? By reading it. By opening the scriptures and reading it. Uh, let's go to Second Peter chapter, chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. Praise God. And we are going to look at verse... Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at... Verse 20 to 21. Second Peter chapter 1. Can we start reading from verse um, 19? Praise God. And I'm going to read the amplified version. Verse 19. And we have the prophetic word made famous still. You will do well to play, pay close attention to it as a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid, and dark place until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises, comes into being in your heart. Yet, first, you must understand this, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of personal or private or special interpretation. For no prophecy ever originated because some man willed it to do so. It never came by human impulse. But men spoke from God, who were born along, moved and impelled, by the Holy Spirit. And what does it tell us? It tells us that the Word of God, this, this book in my hand right now, the iPad you've got, the phones, you've, whatever, the Bible, was inspired by God. It's an inspired Word of God. And why am I taking time to lay this basic foundation? It's because your perspective of the Word will determine your approach to it. Don't just look at your Bible like, yeah, that's the Bible. No. See it as God's word to you in this form. Praise God. See it as God's word to you in this form. Are you, are you still here? Okay. 
Now, what are some of the common mistakes people make when they want to start studying the Word of God? Um, what are some of the common mistakes they make? Number one, they, they, they feel like studying the Word of God, they need to look good, you know, studying the Word of God. So some people are just caught up in, you know, an activity of study without really studying the Word of God. The, the, the study of God's Word is not to make you look good. The study of God's Word is not a competition. It's to feed your spirit man. Praise God. It's to feed your inner man. So it's not competition. It's not how many Greek, how many Hebrew. No, they're good in our, in our world. I'm, I'm going to keep this very basic, but if I were lecturing, um, if I were training ministers or teaching in a Bible college, I'll go very deep into some of the things regarding the study of God's Word. But uh, I'll just keep this basic, and, and I, I'm hoping that by the Spirit of God, God will give us the grace to build more on this. But this is just to help you maintain a consistent word life. Praise God. Number two, some people make the mistake of feeling, well, my Bible study needs to be like one hour. Now, it's good to put time in the Word of God. It's good to spend time in God's Word. But again, it's not a competition of how long. You know, I studied for three hours. I studied for four hours. None of these things is a competition. You must understand that. But it's important that you put enough time in studying the Word of God. The amount of time you put in will determine also the amount of virtue you can get out of it. Because whatever subject you study hurriedly, you will not master. Praise God. Then uh, some other common mistakes that people make when they want to start studying the Bible, they say, oh, they have to start studying from Genesis, <laughs> you know. And so they start reading creation and then they go to the begat and begat and begat this. Or some people want to start reading from the Gospels and they go and start studying from Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. And then, I mean, the first, the first few chapters, they are, they are reading some strange names that they haven't, you know, come across before. Uh, Bediah begat Ruth. Ruth begat this. And, and uh, the first 13 chapters talk about who was begotten who. You know, Solomon begat Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. Asa. I mean, if you spend the first 13 verse looking at who begot who, you'll just tell yourself, this is not me. I'm not interested in all of this. So it's important that you also know where to start from. I recommend if you want to start reading the Gospels, you start reading from the book of John. You know, it brings out the life of Jesus in a different way. And if you want to start studying about the miracles of Jesus, the book of Mark is a beautiful place to, 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 to start out with Jesus. Actually, uh, Mark actually uh, brings out a, a couple of miracles in a very clear, distinct form. If you want to understand about the early church and how the church was bedded, the book of Acts is a good place to start. If you want to understand the gospel what, that was written to us as Gentiles, how as Gentiles were crafted into the body of Christ. The book of Romans and Galatians would help you that Paul will, 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 will expansiate that to you. If you want to understand love, the love of God, 1 Corinthians 13 and, and all of that. So there are places to go in the scriptures where you can just build up your most holy faith. Praise God. Then another myth people have is that you know you have to study the word of God in the morning. Now, I recommend studying your day with God's Word. I, I absolutely recommend that. But also, there's nothing wrong in studying the Word of God in the afternoon if you have the time, or studying at night when you have the time. Uh, some people are, uh, do you call them nocturnal beings or something? People who stay awake late at night, they rarely kind of sleep. I'm that kind of person. I mean, I could stay up late at night, and I'm still very active. You know, I'm still, I can understand what I'm reading. 
You know, some people read the Bible, they don't understand what they're reading. They just want to tick that. I read Matthew chapter 3 today. What does Matthew chapter 3 say? No clue, but they've just read it, okay? So you need to study the Word of God when you're active. This is God speaking to you. This is God speaking to you. Imagine, would you want to talk to your father when you are drowsy, like, you know, you walk up to your father, you're like, yeah, say what you want to say. Your father is telling you, well, I want to do this, I want to do this, yeah, yeah I can hear you. I'll do this and do this and do this, yeah, yeah. Do you understand me? Yeah, keep talking. And then your father finished talking for 30 minutes. I said, repeat everything I've said. You know, while you were talking, I was just feeling sleepy. I didn't get anything. I mean, you don't want to do that. But that's what some of us do with God's word. We open the word. We read the word. And at the end of the day, what did you get from reading the word? Man, I was just feeling sleepy. And how do you know you're feeling sleepy? When you're reading the same story over and over again. Like you go to, now John himself was clothed in Carmel's hair. I'm reading Matthew chapter 3 just for an example. Now John himself was clothed in Carmel's hair with leather bed around his waist and his food was locust and white on. Then Jerusalem, all Judea and all region around Judah went out to meet him and were baptized by him in Jordan confessing their sins. Now John himself was clothed in Carmel's hair with leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and white on him. Uh, verse 7, now I'm supposed to be in verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees, now John himself was clothed in camels. You just know, listen, this is not working. Okay? So, uh, when you start turning around the mountain, God is going to tell you, you've been around this mountain for too long. It's time to take your journey. When you start reading one line after the other because you're feeling drowsy, don't waste your time and don't deceive people. Okay? Don't let your husband think you're studying. Don't let your wife think you are... They look at you from afar and say, man, my husband has been reading the Bible for the last one hour. The man is just a word man. And all you're doing is circling around one verse. And the way sleep is, sleep is so funny that while you are asleep, you will think that you are still reading. <laughs> uh, you think you're still reading while you're still sleeping. You know, you know how sleep is. You pray, pray, pray and sleep for one hour and pick up your tongues from where it stops. It's the same thing. You read the Bible you have slept for 30 minutes, you get up, you pick from the next verse and you think you shouldn't approach the word of God like that. It's God's word. God's word is life to you. Praise God. Now, you must have a proper perspective of the word. Have a proper perspective of the word. Number one, Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. And he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. But on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, you should have that perspective that this is life. It is compared to bread. It is compared to bread. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, what should come to your mind is that what I'm reading right now is God speaking to me. It's God directly speaking to me. You know what? Just as I'm broadcasting to you right now, you're hearing my voice, it's the same thing. This is God's voice in written form. So when I, carry, uh, when I pick up my Bible to study, I've got that perspective in my heart that this is food for my spirit man. Food for my spirit man. You must have that perspective towards God's Word. It's not just studying the Word of God to please someone, studying the Word of God to tick your to-do list. No. You're actually feeding your spirit. You know, I was... I was talking to someone the other day and we, uh, with a fellow pastor and we're talking about the, some of the things going on. And, and as we're discussing, there was a lot of apprehension and you know, anxiety and you know, all of these things in his voice. And 
he, he, he was like, but you, you don't seem to be moved. You don't seem like, I'm not. It's not like I'm pretending to have faith. I'm, you, know, you know how you can when you're afraid, but you know, you're, you're pretending to be strong. Really, there's no anxiety. There's no care. There's no, there's no out of fear. Praise God. I mean, there's absolutely none. It, I can't generate the fear. It's not there. Praise God. It's not there. I can't generate it. I can't pretend to have fear when I do. There's absolutely no fear. Absolutely no anxiety whatsoever. Why? Because I've spent years feeding on the Word of God. I've spent years feeding my faith on God's Word. Glory to God. In one of the areas that I've developed myself over the years is the area of supernatural provisions. And uh, I'm, I'm really in that place where I am pressed and I get into panic and anxiety over finances. I, I'm really there. I mean, if I see my finances going down, I just get back to the Word of God, put pressure on the Word of God, and just release ministry angels, go forth, do what you have to do, and then, I mean, they come back up. Zero anxiety. Years of spending time feeding on God's Word. So I actually live on that for my finances. I live on that for my family. I live on that for the ministry. Praise God. So it's important for us to see that the Word of God is food. And just as you would take time to prepare your food, you take time to eat, it's the same way you should take the, uh, the Word of God to feed your spirit. In fact, it was F.F. Bosworth that said, many Christians live on three hot meals a day, but feed their spirit with one cold snack every day. You know what that one cold snack is? For some of you, it's devotionals. Just open the devotionals. I'm not saying anything is wrong with devotionals, but you need to grow to the place where you're actually feeding on the Word of God for yourself and spending time on the Word. You just read... You know, um, today's devotional, today is what? 8th of July, 8th of July, and Jesus went to Galilee. And Jesus went to Galilee. And Jesus went to Galilee. Jesus went to Galilee and was going to Galilee. What do you learn from today? You know, Jesus went to Galilee. He went to Galilee because of us. Okay, and Jesus has gone to Galilee. Okay, Jesus is in Galilee. Now say after me, Jesus went to Galilee. I shall not go to Galilee. And if I pray, and then, you know, you, you, that's just a cold snack. It should push you to study more. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with devotionals. I do morning devotionals. But what I'm trying to say is that that's just a snack. That's just, that, that's like supplement. It should not be the main meal. You've, and the beautiful thing is, you know, during the, 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 the first era of the church, in the Roman Catholic Church, it was only the priest that had access to the Bible. But thank God for today, we all have, I mean, we've got the Bible. In fact, we're tired of translations right now. I mean, there's so many translations out there. And I'll say a few things about translations, I believe, tonight before I close. Okay? So, what I'm trying to say to you is that you've got the whole menu here. Feast on it. Feed on it. Praise God. Okay. Number, yeah, just go on. Deuteronomy 32, verse 45. When Moses had finished reciting all these words, the word of the Lord to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I've given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children, so they will obey every word of this instruction. Look at verse 47. These instructions are not empty words. This Bible is not empty words. They are your life. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the Jordan River. And I like to see it from that perspective. Come on, guys. I like to see God's word from that perspective. This is my life. This is my life. It's like, I'll put it this way. It's like blood transfusion. It's like taking from the very life of God and infusing yourself with that life. If you see the word of God from that perspective, it'll change you. It'll change you. Listen, and I was listening to one of my lecturers uh, uh, 
yesterday night and it was beautiful. He was saying some very things that challenged my spirit. He says people will not make the effort to stand out. To, you know, they don't put in that extra effort in Bible study. They won't put that extra effort in prayers. But they want their lives to just stand out. They, you know, people just want they, people want their life to be good, but they don't want to be disciplined. Do you understand that? Like, you know, I want to have a great life. I, and you know what they want to do to have a great life? Just come to church, have a preacher just preach. They just raise their hands and say amen and take some shots of anointing oil and they just want to have a great life. Praise God. Now, the word is your life. The word is your life. If you see it that way, John 6, 63, Jesus says, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. Praise God. You know, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, a minister of God reached out to me and he was asking me, he said, how do you study the Bible? Now, it was a bit difficult to tell him the methodology with which I used studying the Bible, but I realized that uh, if... If you, if you don't spend time in the Word, like reading the Word of God, <laughs> you would just sometimes teach, as a minister of the Gospel now, teach what other people have been teaching. You need to study the Word of God for yourself. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God. Now, if the Word of God can be rightly divided, the Word of God can also be what? Wrongly divided. So it takes study. So I just said, well, I study. I just study. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, I see certain things. I mean, and I just keep, keep on that way. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, we have this approach like, we have this approach like, you know, when you say, ah, study the word of God. Ah, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. You know, we all, all have this approach that it's only a pastor that should really study the word of God. And that is absolutely wrong. That's absolutely wrong. And that's one mistake we've made in the body of Christ. Any young man or young woman who studies the word and is serious with the word, we just ordain them to become a pastor. So other people are afraid to study the word of God because they don't want to become a pastor. In fact, immediately you start quoting two, three scriptures consistently, other people will just refer to you, pastor. You know, because we are so used to mediocrity that any level of excellence in the word, we, 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 just, want to con- we just want to consecrate that person as, as an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Now, um, if, you, if, you, if you go to the book of Acts, I don't have time to go there now, but if you go to the book of Acts concerning Apollos, the scripture says that Apollos was a mighty man in scriptures. You know, he came and he was teaching the word of God and he was mighty in scriptures, but he was limited to the baptism of John the Baptist. He was only limited to the baptism of John. But you know what happened? The scripture says that when he had finished speaking, that Priscilla and Aquila, a couple, they, 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 they drew him aside, took them to his house, and expanded to him more accurately the word of God. Can you imagine that? A couple in church, they just heard this powerful guest minister, Apostle Apollos, showed up, and the man was blasting, bam, teaching, fire everywhere. But he just knew the baptism of John. Only limited to the baptism of John. The scripture says he was an eloquent man. He was an eloquent man, but he knew only the baptism of John. Now they finished, the man finished teaching. I believe people would have said, wow. We've, oh man, this guy is fire. You know, this is a generation that everything is deep. <laughs> everything is deep, you know. People share shallow stuff. I just say, wow, this is so deep. Oof, man, look at Rev. Even if it's nonsense. Even if it's not adding up. And that's why we have all kinds of teachings going on. 
You know, you see even ministers say all kinds of things sometimes and you wonder like, why are you saying this? Praise God. But you know, they invited him. Hey, can you come over to our house for lunch? And the man said, yeah, why not lunch? Uh, let me see if I have some time in my schedule. Yeah, we can do lunch. We can do lunch together. And when they took him for lunch, the couple served him food. As he was eating, they expounded to him more accurately the word of God. <laughs> they showed him a more excellent way. Just a couple in church. They're not the pastors of the church. But they know the word of God enough to know that, hey, come on, Apollos, you're limited to just the baptism of John. And there's more. And, and why I'm trying to say this is that we need to have couples again that can do that. Praise God. We need to have couples again that can do that. Because I've also seen a case where sometimes when a guest speaker comes into the church to preach, praise God, guest speaker comes into the church to preach and everybody feels this guest speaker is on fire. <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, familiarity can set in when you listen to your pastor all the time, all the time, all the time. And when a guest speaker comes and you feel, man, this guest speaker, whoa, I've never seen this revelation. But, you know, sometimes guest speakers can be limited in their understanding. And if you've been properly thought and trained, what can happen is you can be able to see that and say, hey, there's a limitation in this understanding. But why why I'm emphasizing this is the fact that they were couples who studied the Word of God and they were not necessarily pastors. Praise God. They were not necessarily pastors, but they studied God's Word. Okay. I want to read that verse so that uh, we can just take it to heart. Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. I'm reading the Amplified Version. Meanwhile, there was a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, who came to Ephesus. He was a cultured and eloquent man, well-versed and mighty in scriptures. Look at the description. Well-versed and mighty in scriptures. This was not a mean man. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and burning with spiritual zeal. He spoke and taught diligently and accurately the things concerning Jesus. Though he was acquainted only with the baptism of John. So this was not a, I mean, he was not a false preacher. The man was diligent, was accurate, was eloquent, was well-cultured, well-mannered, versed in scriptures, had everything together, but he had a limitation in certain understanding. He began to speak freely, fearlessly, and boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him with them. Come, okay, excuse us. I mean, it's, <laughs> you have to take him. <laughs> you have to excuse him. And expanded to him. The way of God more definitely and more accurately. You just took him. A couple just took him. Come to our house and spend some time. They just feed you God's word. Praise God. Praise God. They didn't say come to our house. We, there's a special way we make shawarma. You will like it. And by the time you finish eating this shawarma, you will expound more accurately the word of God. While it's also good that we offer people natural things, we should create our homes in such a place that people can come and just understand God's word more. Praise God. All right. Job 23, 12. Job chapter 23 and verse 12. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than my daily food. So Job compares God's word to his daily food. Just as you're required to eat food daily, you're required to eat the word of God daily. I mean, make it a habit. Make it a habit to spend time on the word of God daily. Make it a habit to spend time on God's word daily. The ESV version says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than portion of food. More than my portion of food. 
So you need to see God's word. Just as I'm diligent, just as you ask yourself, what am I going to eat today? You should ask yourself also, what am I going to feed myself on today spiritually? Praise God. Your spiritual life will not go farther than your disciplined word life. Your spiritual life will not go farther more than the discipline you put into studying God's word. It says, I've treasured your word more than my, 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 my necessary food. I've valued your word more than my necessary food. Praise God. How many of you got that kind of value? How many of you see that kind of value for the word of God? To say, hey, come on. I value God's word more than my necessary food. Glory to God. Praise God. How many of you can say, well, I don't want to eat right now because I've not studied God's word. I mean, there are very few people like that. You know, for, for most of us, we'll put the Word of God first and put the Bible like that and be eating. Yeah, Jesus said, hmm. You know, we eat both food, combo. <laughs> some of us, we eat and be studying. You know, and we're so busy right now. In fact, someone told me the other day, he said, Pastor, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I said, so how do you study the Word of God? He said, I thank God. I thank God for these white people. You know, these white people understand how human beings are. I said, what did white people do again? See, ah, the Bible is now an audio version. So I just play it. And that's how I just studied the word. I said, thank you, sir. So I just drive into work. Just be hearing Bible blast from your audio. And Jesus said to James, come here. I, said, mm, I really understand that. It's good. It's good. But I don't think you should get too busy that you're just listening to audio Bible alone. I don't think you should get that busy. You're absolutely getting too busy. But the truth of the matter is that if we carve out time, we'll find time for God's word. We'll find time for God's word. Hallelujah. It's good. I'm not putting it down. can do that. But I tell you, <laughs> you can actually find time to sit down, open your scriptures, whether it's iPad, you want to use iPhone, whatever. Open your scriptures and study and feed on the word. Feed on the word. Feed on the word. Feed where the word of God is concerned. Praise God. Now, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to 22. My son, be attentive to my words, for they are life to those who do what? Find them. So you've got to find them. You've got to find them. You know, the other day I was teaching on long life and a revelation hit me from the scripture about when the viper hit the hand of Paul and the scripture says nothing unusual happened to his body. I mean, I've never seen that before. It's pastored over, over 10 years. Been in ministry over, over a decade now. But I've, that revelation has never hit my spirit. That nothing unusual happened to the body of Paul. But it hit my spirit that day. I found it that day. And that's health to my body. That becomes healing to me. That, that strengthens my conviction that if I take any deadly thing, nothing unusual will happen to my body. And that's how we get the revelation that sustains our life. God doesn't show us special revelation because we're pastors. He shows us from God's word because we're diligent enough to study the word of God. If I don't, if I'm not diligent enough to study God's word, I'll just repeat what everybody's saying. I'll even not have faith. That's why you find some pastors who operate almost in zero level of faith. They preach faith, but they don't act faith. They preach faith, but they don't leave faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, one of the things that, one of the areas I, I'm developing myself and believing myself in, and, and, and just feeding myself in the Word of God is in the area of being promoted. You know, there are many things you can do today to promote yourself. Many things, many tools, many gadgets. 
In fact, marketing people will get into your inbox. Let's do this for you. You would have a thousand you know, likes. There's so many things. But you have to tell yourself that God promotes and stay on the word. And let God open the doors that he wants to open for you and cause you to reach the people that you want to, he wants you to reach for him. Praise God. If faith is not developed in that area, you begin to manipulate and try to get things and get doors and get stuff open for you. And, and those doors can take you out of the will of God. Are you, are you following this now? But as you feed on God's word, you come to his place of understanding the purpose and the plans of God for your life. Can you say amen? Or rather, maybe you should say, can you type amen? Praise God. <laughs> All right. Now he says, attend to my words. Pay attention to my words. The word attend means to pay attention to, to give some time to something. If I say, for instance, I want you to help me attend to Karis. Or I want you to help me attend to Zara. You know, my kids. What am I saying is give them some of your attention. I'm not, if I say pay attention to Zara, I'm not saying go in front of Zara and stand at attention. You know, that's not what I'm saying. You know, so it's not like, oh, I respect the word of God. Oh, Jesus, I love your word. Mm, I love your word. That, that's not it. You're just playing. To love the word is to give it time, to read it, to understand it. Love is spelled time. You know, and that's, that's a big thing in marriage. You know, wives, ones. Husbands spend time with them. Husbands want to spend time with children. Love is defining time. How much time do you spend with me? You know, how much time do you spend with me? So, if you love God, you will spend time in His Word. You will spend time in fellowshipping with His Word and prayers. So, to, to attend means to pay attention, to give some time to something. To attend to the Word of God is a lot more than just reading. It is actually meditating on it. It's spending time to meditate on the Word of God, to think over it. To think over it. Second Peter 1.9 says, We also, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the dawn, the day dawn, and the day star arises in your heart. John 8.30-31 If you abide in my word, amplified, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings, and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. There is a continuity to discipleship. Discipleship is not one, it's not a one-off affair. It's not an event affair. Praise God. Then you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if you continue in the word, that's when you know the truth. And it's when you know the truth that the truth will set you free. That's why a lot of people can be in church for years and they're still bound by certain things. They haven't come to the knowledge of the truth. It's when you know the truth and the truth you know that will set you free. So you have to spend time to study the truth of God's word. And you know, you know, sometimes, even as a minister of the gospel, I don't understand it why people want solutions apart from the word. I don't. You know, sometimes I find it difficult to help people because I'm like, okay, let's get into the word. I say, I've read the word, I've read the word. We're talking real matter here. I'm like... There's nothing except you want me to buy to burn candles and kill goats and do some. There's nothing else I know how to do but to stand in the word. There's nothing else I know how to do than to stand in the word and put my faith in the word. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, are you still here? All right. Now, these verses brings us a very simple conclusion. If we don't study God's word consistently and apply his truth to our lives, we will lack the power we need to mature in Christ. And glorify God in this world. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. Thank you Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. 
Praise God. Acts 17 verse 11. Let's read from verse 10. Now the brethren at once sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, or Berea. And when they arrived, they entered the synagogue of the Jews. Now these Jews were better disposed and more noble than those in Thessalonica. For they were entirely ready and accepted and welcomed the message concerning the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God with inclination of mind, with inclination of mind and eagerness. Praise God. Searching, searching, searching. Observe that word. I've written a book on the Berean believers. You can try to get it. It just talks about basic Bible study. It'll help you. Praise God. Searching the scriptures daily and examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They had a daily searching approach to the scriptures. They had a daily approach searching the scriptures daily. They didn't search the scriptures once a year. They searched and examined the scriptures daily. That's what you should do. You should learn to search the scriptures daily. If you really believe that this is your life, you will do that every day of your life. You feed yourself with the word of God. You feed yourself with the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Three, uh, let's look at life of Jesus. John chapter 4 verse 16. Let's look at the life of Jesus. John chapter 4 verse 16. Sorry, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. Let's look at the life of Jesus. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Where he had been raised. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read. Praise God. Uh, the New Living Translation says, When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures as usual. So Jesus had a habit of going to the synagogue. And I believe that he wasn't just going to the synagogue to just play around. He was going there to also read. And that's why that day, it was convenient to just give him the scriptures to read. What's your habit? Do you have a habit of reading God's word? What's a habit? A habit is something you've done consistently. It's become a second nature. You don't even think twice about it. You know, for some of us, reading the word of God is still a burden. That's why we read your scriptures today. Say, no, I will try. <laughs> it's almost a burden. And for some of you, you need constant reminders. But how do you want to grow? How do you want to grow? How do you want to, how do you want faith to come? I mean, you don't take time to feed on God's word and tomorrow you're like, Pastor, I don't have faith. This aunt is pursuing me. Please join your faith with mine so we can drive this aunt away. <laughs> now, you know, sometimes people like, I mean, there's nothing wrong in praying prayer of agreement, but people come to me like, Pastor, please join your faith with mine. I'm believing God for this. And I'm like, yeah, I have faith. Not just because I'm called to be a pastor. I have faith because I'm feeding myself in the word of God. I'm feeding myself with God's word. I'm studying daily. You know, I, I tell myself this, right? That my discipline in God's word and in prayer can determine life and death between, for someone. Imagine someone calls me. I'm in the office and someone calls me and says, Pastor, this is happening. I want you to pray with me. And that day I haven't studied the word of God. haven't prayed. I haven't been living right. I'm just, you know, just powerless in that sense to come before the throne of grace. What do you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Praise God. But you also realize that sometimes as your pastor, I can be maybe weak or discouraged. Or, and I call you, I'm like, I want you to agree with me. 
Now, what's going to happen if you've not been studying the Word of God? You know, I mean, and you know, sometimes people, things happen to pastors and, and you know, people just wonder, oh, this pastor, why did he happen to him? What, what happened to him? Oh, he should have reached out to people. Oh, no. You know, many, many, many believers get serious when something bad has happened. Praise God. I mean, I'll just say this now. You, you hardly hear people say, well, I think we should pray for our pastor today. And like, you know, the first time it's like, maybe like you say, like, let's pray for our pastor. I just want us to pray for, not in the corporate gathering. Maybe just call someone. Like, I, I, I think we should just pray, pray for our pastor. The first thing they're going to say is, what happened? <laughs> you know, because to them it's unusual. It's the pastor that prays for everybody. Nobody prays for the pastor. They say, what happened? They say, nothing. They say, tell me. Tell me. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody. You can't believe because... We've also, as pastors, lived as if we don't need prayers. But you go through the Pauline epistles and you read how many times Paul says, pray for me. Pray for me. In fact, in Philippians chapter 1, Paul says, I know that through your prayers, this will turn out for my deliverance. You praise God. And imagine a pastor calls you and says, hey, I want you to pray for this for me. Ah, you reach out to all your friends. Say, I'm the personal prayer warrior of the pastor. He reached out to me. We are praying for him. We are praying for him. And so nobody will reach out. And then you hear something is hap- bad has happened. Pastor's lost his life or something happens. There's, ah, let's mobilize. The devil is fighting the kingdom. The devil is not fighting anywhere. You just got lazy church members who are not lifting you up in prayers, who are not concerned about you, just concerned about their lives. And then strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Praise God. Okay. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Three reasons to study the Word of God daily. Three reasons to study the Word of God daily. Number one, we are fed by the Word. First Peter 2, 2 says, Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual mix so that by it you might grow up in your salvation. So we need to read the Word daily because it helps us to grow in the knowledge of our salvation. Psalm 119 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. If you are finding it a struggle to study God's words, Take this scripture and confess it every day when you get up. Psalm 119, verse 103. Just get up and say, Father, thank you. How sweet are your words to my mouth. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Just say that every day. Say that. Or in front of your Bible, well, I know some of you got a training Bible. If you have a Bible like mine, you know, at the back, look for colored markers. I write, sweeter than honey. Praise God. <laughs> just, just confess that. Just speak that. I love God's word. It's sweeter than honey, praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. It says, Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word became to me the gladness and joy of my heart. You know, your words were found, and I ate them. And your word became to me like gladness and joy of heart. God's word is the way you build up joy on the inside of you. Glory to God. The more you feed on the Word of God, the more joy comes up on the inside of you. It'll drive, it will drive depression away. With joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. I found your Word and I eat your Word. Learn to speak God's Word when you're not happy. Learn to speak God's Word when you're angry. Learn to speak God's Word when all kinds of thoughts come. Open your mouth and speak the Word. Praise God. That's how you conquer the devil and send him packing. Glory to God. You open your mouth and speak the Word. But most of us, when we open the, our mouth, out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if there's nothing in the heart, the mouth will not, op- will not say anything. So you open your mouth and you want to confess the word, and then parables start coming out. Because you fed yourself with parables from African magic. 
when the cock crows at night, you know that things will not be the same. Okay, chapter what, verse what? <laughs> and that's not powerful enough to drive things out of your life. Get into God's word. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are washed by the word. We are washed by the word. Ephesians 5.26 That he might sanctify her, cleansing her by the washing of the water in the word. Just as you take your bath daily. I know the people who won't take their bath daily, but let's assume we all take our bath daily. Praise God. You have to take your bath daily to be clean. It's the same way you birth in the word of God daily. You birth in the word of God daily. Someone say, how long can I go without bathing? I don't know, but bathe daily in God's word. Bathe daily in God's word. Or, well, let's use brushing your teeth. So brush your teeth daily. Do that in God's word. Do that in God's word. Put God's word in your mouth. Sanctify your mouth before you come out. Glory to God. We are educated by the word. We are educated by the word. So the word of God, why we need to study God's word daily, we're fed by the word, we're washed by the word, we are educated by the word. The word educates us, the word trains us. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, and from childhood, I like this, from childhood, you can make your children read the word. Make your children read the word, they're not too old to read the word. They know about me, my, is it my maid or my maid? What's the pronunciation? They know about something that flies. <laughs> they know about everything. They know about Harry Potter. They know about space. They know about stuff. They're not too old to know God's word. Get in the word. Get in the word. And you have known from childhood. You have known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation. And through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, the scriptures, make your children read the word daily. Don't make them read the word and you're not reading the word. You read the word daily. You feed on the word daily. You make your children read the word daily. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word of God will train you. Hallelujah. It will train you. Now, how do you do this? I'll just give you some practical steps and then we can close up. Number one, purposefully set aside time. Have a Bible study time. Just as you have prayer time, have what? A Bible study time. Have a Bible study time. I repeat that again. Have a time for Bible study. Have a time for Bible study. This is my time to study God's Word. And set apart that time. Without distractions, get into the Word. Number two, make preparation for your Bible study. Prepare. When you want to study, prepare. Get your... Uh, I know some of you use iPads and all that now, so that I'm just going to talk traditionally. You can do what works for you. Get your notebook. Get time to be alone. Sit properly. Don't, 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 don't study the Word of God. You know, lying on your bed. You're halfway asleep. No. Be prepared like someone who wants to learn. Be prepared like someone who wants to learn. Get the Word of God. Sit down properly. Get out your journals. I recommend journals. Write what you learn. Document what you learn. I still write what I learned today. As I feast on the Word of God. I still write. I still document what I learned. Okay? Make your Bible study time a time of learning, interaction, and enjoyment. Don't make it 
uh, draggy, sluggish, like, how do I have to do this? Do I have to read the Word? If you have that approach, if you do not desire the Word of God as a pure, sincere meek that will make you grow, you will not enjoy the study of God's Word. Okay? So make preparation for your Bible study. Have a place that you enjoy being alone in your room, in your house, somewhere, you're comfortable, you know, to study God's Word. Read consecutively. Don't just jump. Don't, don't just open your Bible. Today you just open, pam. It goes to Mark chapter 1. You read Mark chapter 1. The next day you close the Bible, you open. It goes to Micah chapter 1. No, don't do that. Have a method of reading. I'm going to talk about that. Read consecutively. Read systematically. Okay? Um, pray. Pray before you read God's Word. Don't just open the Bible. Pray. Psalm 119 verse 18. Open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from thy Lord. Just pray that prayer. Father, thank you. As I get into your Word, open my eyes that I'll see wondrous things from your Lord. Luke 24 verse 45. It says, And God opened their hearts and their mind to, to the Scriptures. He opened their mind and how to understand the Scriptures. You know, the Scriptures also need to be unlocked by the Holy Spirit. So pray, Father, thank you. As I, as I get into your word today, I pray that my eyes will be opened. Open my eyes, O oh God. Thy eyes of my understanding is enlightened that I know the mystery of God's will. As I open your word, Lord, open my eyes to understand it. Okay? So pray before you study the word of God. Don't just go in and just open up. And You need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand Scriptures. Hallelujah. Deal with distractions. I advise people when you're studying the Word of God, turn, on your, turn off your phones. You know, there's somebody always calling every minute, calling to find out something. The weather is good in your place. If the chickens have given birth in your area. If the goats have turned blue. If the, you know, there's always somebody calling. You've got to weed off that distraction. And I think we need to get comfortable with not reaching people at certain periods of time. And if they tell us, oh, I was studying the word of God. Yeah, but you can still leave your phone on. You know, and the guilt trap we put on people is this. What if it's an emergency? You know, that's always what comes to our mind when we reach people and say, we're praying. Yeah, you can pray and leave your phone. What's an emergency? And in their mind is that, listen, I'll tell you the truth. If you separate the time to spend time with God's word, God will prevent those emergencies from coming at those times. I believe that. We need to turn off this world and turn into the word. Glory to God. Deal with distractions. Train your children to respect your study time. Talk to your spouse about it. Talk to your husband. Talk to your wife. Let them, let them create a culture in your house where spiritual things are respected. I, I want to spend time to study God's word. Praise God. And that's not when you want the kitchen to be white. You know, praise God. Or I want to spend time to read. Of course, we shouldn't try. We are natural duties. But what I'm just trying to say is, listen. We can give each other space to study the Word of God. We can have corporate devotions, but I'm not talking about corporate family devotions right now. I'm talking about your own personal life, praise God. Have a journal. Write the things you learn. Write new words you want to, to study. Write new topics that interest you, praise God. Write new topics that interest you. Have a journal. Document the things you write. Commit to persevere. Commit to persevere. I know after a meeting like this, whoa, people are just going, not going to eat tonight. Like, I, don't you have food? Say, don't worry, I have food that you know not of. I'm studying the Word of God tonight. And by tomorrow, they'll be looking for the Bible. <laughs> be, you know, it's not every time you're going to feel like studying the Word of God, but persevere. The Bible talks about enjoying hardness as a good soldier. You have to develop that. Study has to, you have to study whether you feel like it or not. Get into the Word. Train your body to respect that time. Praise God. The temptation to quit might be there. And that's why many people have printed 
I mean, I can tell you this, right? How many people in January, man, this year, woo, 2020, we are going to finish the Bible. You print all the reading schedules. Finishing the Bible in one year. Finishing the Bible in 90 days. Finishing the Bible in 30 days. By January 31st, they are looking for the, the plan itself. So where did I drop this, this my reading plan? The last time they read was January 4th. Reading, studying, your, your study life can't just be based on New Year resolutions. Praise God. It has to be consistent. It has to be consistent. It has to be disciplined. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. You should have a study partner. Somebody who just reminds you. And I think we, we did something very interesting in our church um, this last couple of months with, with our worship team and our service team. And it was beautiful. Uh, I think with the service team, we went, with the service team and the, the worship team, we went through the writings of Paul every day. And they were able to finish that in 31 days. Yeah, they were able to finish that in 31 days. Just discipline, just reading that. And then they just finished the book of Joshua now. Uh, they finished that in about 24 days. Just, just simple commitment. Making sure everybody, you know, everybody just posting something daily. Yeah, sometimes when you study like that in groups, it helps. You can have a study partner. Okay, I want us to finish the, the book of Matthew together. And you read and just let me know what you learned. Just have an accountability partner that helps you. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're married, let your spouse be your accountability partner. Don't go on accountability outside. Alright? Just tell your wife. If your wife is not interested, get another lady. Okay? If your husband is not interested, your husband, get another man. Get another brother in church. You know, you keep things ethical. But study. Have a partner that can help you to, to study God's word that you're accountable to. A mentor can also help you. A coach can help you in this regard. There are very many daily plans all over. Just go online, search for a plan that can help you to study God's word. You can have a study partner. Another thing that can make your study interesting is you can decide to do topical studies. So you can decide to say, well, I want to study faith. Pull up the concordance. What are all the scriptures concerning faith? Prosperity, finance, healing, holiness, sanctification, redemption, favor. Those are time I spend about two years just studying favor, just studying the favor of God and, and, and praying it over my life. And no scripture. I'll tell you this quickly. It's a couple of minutes, right? I'm going to take some extra minutes, okay? Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, right? There's no scripture that taught me about the power of favor in this life to get ahead in life than the story of Esther. The story of Esther is amazing. Amazing. From nowhere, from nowhere, you can see the hand of God. The hand of God. The favor of God. The hand of God. And that's been something that is so uh, immersed in my spirit that with the favor of God on my life, there's nowhere I go. I can never be at disadvantage. Even if the enemy plans all they can to hang me, <laughs> the Lord has a hundred ways to get me out. How did I get into that assurance in my spirit? Just spending time in that scripture. Spend it. I can spend time. I can teach months on that scripture. And it was in my study of the subject of favor. You can study biographies. Study the life of Joseph. So you pick all the scriptures regarding Joseph and read them. Study the life of Jacob. All the scriptures about Jacob. Study the life of, uh, you know, study the lives of people that interest you. David, Jephthah. Uh, Rehoboam, Solomon, um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. You know, find out. Study the life of these people. They can help you. Study chapters. Study books. You can decide to read the book of Colossians. In fact, there was a time we were studying the scriptures together. We were reading 
the scriptures together. My wife mentioned something, and I agree with her. You know, sometimes when you even read a chapter of the Bible a day, you don't really get the whole story. But when you read the whole book at one sitting, you get an overview of the Bible. And that's, primarily that's what I do. I, I really find it a bit hard to just study one scripture of the Bible. So sometimes I get to my office and I want to read the Word of God. I just read the whole of James. I just read it. And then I can now zero on a verse and begin to study and begin to unpack a verse. Or I just read the book of the Bible. It's all book like Judges. They're like stories. You just read and man, they killed 10,000 soldiers and 70 angels came and slew a thousand. I mean, it's just nice. You know, instead of watching movies, just read those movies, right? Angel came and slew 10,000 soldiers. You know, so I say, Pastor, do you like angels killing people? No, I'm just telling you, like, the action part in the book. All right? You just read that. And sometimes you see in between the lines, little things, little things, little things, you know, little things that will just, lessons will begin to come to you. So spend time reading. Read about Jacob, about Joseph, and all of that, okay? You can study topics that interest you. Another thing that can make your Bible study time interesting is you can use colored markers. Uh, we don't have yeah so if you I know you won't be able to see it but I'll just make an attempt so if you look at my Bible right now this is not this is my Bible that I don't really use to study that much but if you look at my Bible right here you see some markers you see a green marker uh, I don't know what color is this but it's a colored yellow pink or something like that so what I do is Sometimes I decide in a particular year to study based on certain colors. So everywhere I see like the Holy Spirit talks about the Holy Spirit, I can use yellow to just mark it. Then prosperity, I use green. Where it talks about the blood and salvation, I use um, red. So I can, you can have colored markers like that. It will just interest you. So you can read the Pauline epistles, for instance, and decide to underline with red everywhere the scripture says in him. Every in him scriptures. And it's so beautiful. By the time you look at your Bible, so nice colors and stuff like that. Just an interesting way to spice up your uh, Bible study. I know you can still do that on your electronic iPads and all that. Underline your scriptures. It will get you... Um, it will get a bit of interest in, in study. Now, you can also do something that I've been doing, and I, I've been doing and I stopped, but I was, I was listening to one of my lecturers again, and I want to do it again. He talked about a man who came from the streets and got born again, and the man was struggling a lot. But the Lord ministered to his heart to read the book of Proverbs, one chapter every day. The man did it consistently for five years. And, and I mean, with other scriptures, but today he's a multi-billionaire, multi-billionaire. Just the wisdom of God is just oozing through his life. You know, I, I, I first of all read that from Billy Graham about reading the, the Proverbs and Psalms daily. Billy Graham used to do it almost all his life. He used to read at least five chapters of Psalms and one chapter of Proverbs every day. You know, but I, I, after listening to that lecture two days ago, I'm recommitting myself to studying the book of Proverbs every day. And I want to do it for three years, okay? I want to, someone say, Pastor, do you want to become a multi-billionaire? Now, I want to read the book of Proverbs for three years. Whatever the outcome is, we will all be fine. Praise God. But I think there is the wisdom of God locked up. Practical daily wisdom. For instance, in the book of Proverbs, it says, when they, are in, when they invite you to a feast, it says, put a knife to your throat. You know, you know how that will just save you in this life? You know, they invite you to somebody's house and you see chicken, you see, you know, by the time you say, hey, it's buffet, ah, feel free. You know, people just say, feel free, feel free, feel free, feel free. You go chicken, two, put three, put four, it's not enough. Ah, rice, put, hey, this one, put. 
You know, by the time you leave, you say, ah, ah, what is it? If they say, feel free, does that mean they should just take everything? <laughs> but if you read the book of Proverbs, at least in three years, you will get that verse. That when you are invited to a feast, you put a knife to your throat. So there are basically simple things in the word of God that will make us successful. It talks about diligence. I, I mean, the whole work ethic I heard. You know, growing up, I, I, I read Proverbs every day. I mean, I, I read Proverbs every day. The work ethic I have to life was clean from the book of Proverbs. No place to teach you about wisdom and foolishness like Proverbs. Okay? So, Proverbs has 31 chapters. So, if today is 8, just read Proverbs chapter 8. Okay? You can do the same for the book of Psalms. You can read five chapters of Psalms every day. Just feed yourself the Psalms. Just feed yourself in the Psalms. I know the most popular Psalm that people know is Psalm 91 and Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Finish. But there's so much in the book of the Psalms. Okay? So, you can study that. Then, uh, let me just talk to you about the the SOAP method of studying the Bible. The SOAP method of studying the Bible. S-O-A-P. To observe and to analyze scripture. And I'll end here. Like I said, if it was a Bible school training or if I wanted to go deeper, I'll give you a whole lot of studies. Um, so I just want to talk about this and then we can wrap up. I hope you're getting blessed tonight. Say amen. Type amen. Write amen. WhatsApp amen. Do something. Amen. Praise God. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. So, the SOAP method of studying scripture. So, you write the word SOAP down. S-O-A-P. S-O-A-C. A-P. You don't have to put black soap. Just write SOAP. Glory to God. <laughs> SOAP stands for scripture. S is called the scripture. Scripture. So, the chapter you're reading plus the main verse that stick out to you. So, for instance, I'm reading Matthew chapter 4. What sticks out to me? What scripture in Matthew chapter 4 sticks out to me? Please write this thing down. It will really help you. This is a very basic method to get a lot from scripture. The soap method. S is scripture. What scripture stands out to me? What, what, what just pushes, what does the Holy Spirit push out to me? What scripture comes out to me? Like after I read Matthew chapter 2, what is the scripture that stands out? O, observation. Write down, what do you observe about the scripture? Is it a word in that scripture? Does a word stand out to you? Like I was talking about when we were studying the book of Acts and it says, uh, there was nothing, uh, nothing unusual happened to his body. That phrase stood out for me. So that's, I write it down. I was reading and it, it struck my mind. Nothing unusual. Is it a word? Is it an idea? Is it a verse? Is it an action that catches your attention? What did you observe? What caught your attention there? What caught your attention there? For instance, I was talking to you about the, the year I spent studying the subject of favor and I was studying the life of Esther. That scripture taught me about the power of mentorship. Let me just say this very quickly. I learned how to submit myself to a mentor, knowing that if I submit myself to the right mentor, it has capacity to open incredible doors by giving me wisdom. Mordecai told Esther, do not tell people where you're from. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And the mentor told her, she was an orphan, so the, the, the Mordecai became a father to her. Became a father to her. Are, are you following this? And even when she became a, a, a queen, you know, and, and the whole thing was going on, Mordecai had to reach out to her, and she was still accessible even when she had gone up. In that, that, I learned a lot. I can teach mentorship from, from, that, from that very chapter. Okay? So, that was an observation I got from there. The power of mentorship. How she, she as an orphan child, submitted to a mentor, and she became the queen of the land. And while she was still the queen, she was still listening to her mentor, her uncle Mordecai. Observation. What did you observe? A. Application. So you write down. 
How can you practically apply the observation so that it impacts your life daily? So let me take that scripture. I read the book of Esther. I, I, I read Esther. And then the scripture tells me from the story of Esther how she submitted to a mentor. Okay? That catches my attention. Now, the question is, how will I apply that in my life? Okay, I would listen to my mentor. Or if I don't have a mentor, I'll pray about the Lord bringing a mentor into my life. Now, I see that when she became a queen, she still listened to Mordecai. He made her to even say, if I perish, I perish. She listened. So I'll say, okay, well, I, ha- I have mentors now. I'm in cold, a big boy now. I'm pastoring a church, I'm reaching out, I'm traveling. Do I still listen to my mentors? So I write that application. So the application for my life from that story will be, well, I decide I'm going to listen to my mentors. Are you following this now? So you see, you have to translate what you read from the Bible into practical action. So let's go over that again. Number one, scripture. Number two, what? Observation. Number three, what? Application. Then number four, what? Prayer. So soap, let's go over it again. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So you now write a prayer based on what you have learned and you pray that God will help you to apply it. So let's take the story of Esther again. I pray and say, and I pray and say Father, thank you. If I don't have a mentor, for instance, I say, Father, thank you because I'm trusting you to bring a mentor my way to help me, you know, to, to teach me your wisdom just as Mordecai did to Esther. If I have a, a, a mentor, I can pray and say, Father, thank you for revealing this light to me. I pray that you will give me listening ears that when my mentor speaks and corrects me, I'll make the adjustment needed to go further. So you see how that has helped me. So don't just go into the scripture and just read. And you, you can imagine if you are to do this for every day you study, you will have a whole note full of application and prayers. Application and prayers. And you should have that. Have your Bible study notes. Pick a scripture. Go to John. Start reading from John. One chapter a day. I pick out a scripture that, that speaks to me in John chapter 1. Let me, let me just do this. Let me give you an example. John chapter 1. Quickly, 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 quickly. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Man, you know, live streaming is so good. When there are people not in church looking at their wristwatches, it's just so nice. I'm the only one that have a wristwatch here. Praise God. John chapter 1. Okay, so we're reading John chapter 1, for instance. Okay, so we read the whole story. Now, for instance, I say, uh, uh, let's say 11, 12, 13 comes strong to my mind. So I'm reading and I say, okay, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. So I say, wow, okay, that stands out for me. That's possible for me to reject Jesus. People who knew him rejected him. But if I receive him, I now have the right to become the son of God. That stands out for me. How am I going to apply this in my life? I have received Jesus. I'm now a son of God. I should be conscious of that. I should say that and I should leave that. So I write that down. My application is I'm going to confess I'm a son of God. Throughout today, I'm going to declare I'm a son of God because I've received Christ. How, what's my prayer? Father, help me that in my life and through my lifestyle, I will not reject you. But having accepted you, I'll live a life that is consistent to the fact that I'm a child of God. Can you see that? It makes the scripture come alive. And if you do this every day, you're going to have a whole notebook full of lessons. And you know what? If you read that Bible chapter again, you're going to learn more. Praise the name of the Lord. So you can get a lot of Bible reading plans online, but I just suggest you start little by little, one chapter a day. There are several books that you will glean from. Praise the name of the Lord. And never be afraid of any book of the Bible. Never be afraid. I know a lot of us are afraid of the book of Revelation, but never be afraid of any book of the Bible. Some of us don't like reading Leviticus, like Leviticus, Deuteronomy, 
you know, all the bloody sacrifice. Just, just get in there and pray that the Holy Spirit, and you are going to see things. You are just going to see things that would help you and enhance your growth. But start out from the Pauline epistles. Go search out all the in him scriptures. If you would, if you would send us a WhatsApp or send us a mail or something, we can help you with Bible reading plans. We can help you with whatever uh, you need to do to get on. Uh, to just study the Word of God, get onto our website, get on uh, In Him Devotional. It's a 31 day audio devotional I did. It's a good place to grow. Praise the name of the Lord. Get that devotional and uh, get your life back. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been blessed tonight? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, because of who you are. And I pray, Father God, that you just pour a new desire in our heart for your Word. May we fall in love with your word again. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.